Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, head to www.sexedwithdb.com and buy some of our hot new merch. Follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast. And if you want to advertise with us, shoot us an email at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. Today, I learn about fashion from Sky Kubakub. Sky is a non-binary, queer, and disabled Philippinex human from Chicago, Illinois. Rebirth Garments is their line of wearables for the full spectrum of gender, size, and ability. They maintain the notion of radical visibility, a movement based on claiming our bodies and through the use of bright colors, exuberant fabrics, and innovative designs, they refuse to assimilate and are spearheading a queer and disabled dress reform movement. Learn more at rebirthgarments.com. Clap it up for Sky. Fun fact number one. Did you know that Uberlube works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, lakes, and tubs? Fun fact number two. Uberlube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. And fun fact number three. A small amount of Uberlube can be applied anywhere to prevent daily chafing, not just when exercising. These fun facts are brought to you by Uberlube. Use promo code SEXEDDB for 10% off your purchase with free shipping at www.uberlube.com. Ever wish you had an exact replica of your gorgeous parts? Well, now you can make one yourself, thanks to Clonawilly. Clonawilly and Clonapussy are DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva at home into a high-quality sex toy or memento. Use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase at www.clonawilly.com. Follow them on Instagram at clonawillykit. Sky, hello. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing okay. <laughs> Great. Happy Sunday. I'm really, really glad that you're here. I have been really admiring your work from afar when I learned about you through my co-producer over the last couple weeks. And I'm so interested to dig deeper into your story and just learn all about you. So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you for asking me. <laughs> of course. All right. So let's start with your name, your pronouns and how you identify. I'm Sky Kubakub. I use they them pronouns. I'm non-binary, agender, queer, I am disabled and mad. I have lots of mental illness. And um, yeah, I'm Filipinex. I, uh, and I, I run a, a clothing line called Rebirth Garments. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And what's your background? And how did you become involved in disability advocacy and design? You said that you are disabled. You just said you, you have mental illness. So I'm sure that is a part of it, but I would love to know a little bit more detail about, you know, how your story basically. So when I was growing up, I, I've always had mental illness. I've always been uh, very anxious and had panic disorder uh, and depression, but, but mainly the panic disorder is what, uh, and, and anxiety has 
really informed my work. So um, being an artist and finding different ways to kind of manage, uh, I, I learned how to make chain mail jewelry at a young age. And that was very calming to mm. my brain and was very uh, stimmy and you know, now we have the language of like stimming and, and fidgeting and things like that as good for folks who are neurodivergent. But mm-hmm. at the time, I didn't really have that type of language. I just was like, oh, this feels really good for my brain and my hands to be constantly doing something uh, and helps me think uh, better. So that's what really got me into um, kind of making adornment and then in high school I was making all sorts of really goofy chainmail clothing uh, but my teachers were like okay you can you can model these however you want in college but we're going to we're, we were getting in trouble so you have to like wear something underneath okay uh, so they were they were like a little too um, revealing is it was I mean, their feedback but nah, but not actually like they like they they don't care at all like okay. um, it's just because I mean, they're really good at defending their their uh, students' work, but they kept on getting in trouble for, like, a lot of really silly things from parents. So they were like, okay. So and it was like, the system that was kind of influencing them. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really influencing them. It was just, like, they were I, – I mean, I was really good friends with all of the teachers, so I could see them getting in trouble yeah. for, like, but really – they were on your side. They were on your side. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Got it. Awesome. So, but then that's how I got into making spandex clothing because I was making stuff to go underneath and I, I was dissatisfied with like the boring colors that were available because they were just like black, white, or like a weird, creepy beige um, or like a baby pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to make like neon stuff and, and I got really into making lots of neon unitards and that's what really got me into making like spandex clothing for my clothing line. Very, very cool. And just to back up a little bit, I would love to know what was your sex education like growing up, if you had any at all? I actually had a good amount of sex education, although I still think it's not, you know, adequate. adequate. But um, yeah, I went to Chicago Public Schools. I went to two really, really good uh, Chicago Chicago Public Schools. So I went to Alexander Graham Bell Elementary and then Northside College Prep. And um I mean, yeah, so we had family life or whatever starting in fourth or fifth grade. I can't remember. Um, And we would. Yeah. So it talked a lot about things. And but it also very graphically, they like to talk about uh, STIs. I remember like a three hour presentation in the in the auditorium at Bell. Uh, when I was like in seventh grade or something that was like the fourth through eighth graders we all just watched a super long presentation just showing like I was it like, like our bodies ourselves or like some something like that no it was like it was like this is what happens if you get syphilis this is what oh happens boy. Yep. Okay. Yeah, this is what <laughs> like here are the scariest moments of sex yeah they just showed us like tons of pictures like very graphic images and right. <laughs> Like, um, so nothing, nothing very helpful in that presentation. Maybe it was, yeah, it was mostly just like overwhelming. But I would say, compared to any other sex education that I've heard of, our sex, 
the sex education that I received was a lot better because, you know, it, it talked about sex and, you know, and, and like it also talked about queer folks, but like not not really helpfully, but like just being like, you know, at least admitting to our existence. <laughs> so it wasn't you're saying it wasn't abstinence like there was something yeah, it, wasn't abstinence it was all. like, you know, it, they were talking it like, about it, even if it. Are- even if it wasn't as much of a positive spin on it as you would have hoped it existed you're saying yeah and I mean I think it was more positive than anybody else's that I've heard of but uh but like you know I can critique it and it can always be better (laughs) totally yes 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 there's much room for improvement and even comprehensive sex education because we're still learning and adapting and you know we're ever changing so yeah Totally, totally. And I was like, my high school sex education, the section about queerness, it was more so like the gym teacher. Well, you know, it's kind of silly that it's just like taught by the gym teachers. Um, But they were like, yeah, this woman was just like, ah, yes, I have a friend whose son is gay and he has HIV or something. So it was basically just about, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of everything was just about like, things that could be negative or well yeah even though you know these days like you know having HIV is totally fine and like manageable yeah and you can live (laughs) it's fine but like you know everyone always loves to freak you out (laughs) yes exactly exactly okay makes a lot of sense okay so let's get into your custom clothing brand rebirth garments so I want to know what is it you talked a little bit about the background but I want to know like how did you start it? And also, like, how did you really become, what was the, your, like, aha moment, if you have one, about how you knew you were really passionate about designing and selling these wearables and accessories, specifically for disabled, queer, trans folks of all sizes and ages? Yeah, I mean, I started it in 2014. I was in a lingerie class at my college, although I had been dreaming about this clothing line since I was in high school. I just didn't have like the time I as soon as I graduated high school I was like oh my god it's gonna be amazing I'm gonna be able to put out a collection every year while I'm in college because I put out a, a collection in high school and so I just thought that college was going to like let me do that um but I was like just kidding college just sucks your soul out like and it's terrible <laughs> um so but finally after I got really sick and my my stomach stopped working properly and I had to take off a semester from school and then when I came back from school I still wasn't really ready I should have taken off more time but I'm glad now that I'm just out of there um but I was really sick when I was going back to school and trying to figure out how to manage my life now with like a more physical chronic illness slash disability rather than just a you know, mental illness. Um, and yeah, I was like not being able to wear pants. Like m- most of my clothing hurt too much. Um, I, I, I mean, I've always been very sensitive. Uh, I've always had a lot of problems with seams. So like when I was a kid, I wore all my socks and underwear inside out. Cause mm. was it, it like I, itchy the- or kind of like bothersome to you? Um, it would give me bruises. My oh, skin wow. is really sensitive. Um, so like, 
yeah, sometimes I would come home and I would, I would just have to like take off my underwear and I would see like a giant bruise. I mean, I still get bruises from seams sometimes. Wow. Uh, it kind of goes in and out, but at least I can wear socks normal now. <laughs> Although, I mean, good. it was fine. I, I think technology has just gotten better. So now like seams are a lot softer mm-hmm. too. So that, so that's really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, I like to just mainly wear the underwear that I make. Sorry, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, but yeah, so I stopped being able to wear. I I used to only wear like these tight trip jeans, like lots of skinny jeans that were patterned, and I stopped being able to wear those because the I I can't wear anything that I call hard pants, which are just like jeans or anything that's non-stretch. Um, so. Yeah, I decided to take this lingerie class and I was like, I'm just going to start the clothing line like at this point. Um, and I guess originally I thought that they were going to be two separate clothing lines. Like it would be gender affirming undergarments for trans folks um, with like more of a lingerie twist. Um, and then I thought, yeah, then I would have like clothing for folks with disabilities. But immediately like when I started, I was like, no, this, this should just be the same clothing line because like, you know, there's going to be a lot of overlap and like, there's, if I, I'm a person with disabilities, he's also identifying as non-binary, then I'm sure there's going to be a lot of others. And, you know, now I've seen through the magic of the internet, like a gazillion people and, and, and even like, yeah, like at the time, most of the trans undergarment lines that I, knew of were all like very like uh binarily based or they'd be like this is for f to m or m to f right and things like that and that really made me uncomfortable um because i was like no like i feel like there's people who are non-binary like me and you know folks who aren't even non-binary but who just like want a different styling and don't want just a very binary view of of gender Mm -hmm. yeah so it sounds like you really found a community in in folks who you didn't you weren't sure that community was out there it sounded like or or that there were as many people as you expected is that right I think so because when I was in school like everyone was like what are you even talking about like none of this makes sense and, like, I had to write this whole manifesto because people, like, didn't understand what I was doing because they thought they they didn't think that disabled folks could have sex. So they were like, surely they can't have sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote this manifesto, Radical Visibility, all about, like, a queer and disabled address reform movement. And I think that that helped a lot because... A lot of people thought that I was conflating queerness with disability, which I never, I was always like, no, I'm making clothing for queers with disabilities. But mm. um, because these people didn't have any sort of imagination to what, you know, a disabled person's sex life or just sexuality or anything could be, they just were like, oh, no, um, definitely you're just saying that queerness is a disability. And I was like, nope. Uh, you're <laughs> and, misunderstanding. Yeah. And I'm, you know, definitely like including like ace and a spectrum folks in this. Like, so I'm just saying that, you know, disability 
or like is very desexualized, but like, mm. and not, not asexualized. A lot of folks like to say that it's asexualized, but I'm like, there's tons of ace folks that I know. <laughs> so, totally. and I'm kind of on a spectrum lately. So yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah, let's, let's dig into the, the radical visibility movement a bit. I want to know kind of like what, tell me more about this manifesto that you're talking about. And also like, what, the, what's the real goal of this, of this movement and this concept for you? So it's all about taking up space, taking up visual space, uh, making sure that we are not ignored and, um, yeah, being, being radically visible, like it can be physically radically visible. So like, uh, and I mean, that's what the dress reform movement is based off of. It's like wearing lots of bright colors and power clashing patterns and like clothing that, um, you know, shows off your disability rather than hiding it or, you know, shows up off your body, um, in whatever way feels comfortable. Um, and it's all about having the option because, like, I think a lot of people misunderstand and think that I want everybody to be radically visible. But I'm like, not everybody can be radically visible because can't see the difference between being radically visible and and not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's about it's about giving folks options because you know, straight, white, skinny, thin, you know, cis folks have all the options of the world, like getting to wear any kind of clothing they ever want so being able to give you know the option of having something more joyous and and like you know cute party clothes and not just like clothing that looks like that makes you look sicker clothing that looks like scrubs Hmm. um or like you know at least now there are some clothing lines that are a little bit more adaptive but yeah they cater more towards like business casual or things like that and that's fine and it's needed but I wanted to have something that's very celebratory and giving people the option of of whatever colors they want yes and you really can see this um if you're a listener right now listening and check out um Sky's website um which is go ahead Sky what's the url it's just rebirthgarments.com. Rebirthgarments.com. That's right. Um, you could really see everything that you're talking about. But since we're in a podcast form, can you maybe describe like some of the pieces that you've created and kind of like the brightness of it? And, you know, the fact that like this is like functional clothing that's meant to make a statement and be fun. Can you talk a little bit more about like specific pieces that you design? Yeah, so one of my favorite things to wear when I'm, like, trying to be, like, a fancy business queer is, like, I, well, basically everything I make is spandex just because I, I, like, I will, first of all, I only like sewing stretch materials. I hate woven materials, and I think a lot of times people think that when I say I make clothing for everyone uh, of all these you know, identities, I think they also think that I mean that I make every kind of clothing, which is not possible. Like no Mm -hmm. clothing line makes every kind of clothing. So my clothing is much more on the like party dance, uh, wrestling, like active wear, uh, sporty, like kind of, uh, oh, and like swim, swimwear and, and underwear. So, so that's my focus. Um, I love making swimwear. So it's like, yeah, lots of spandex patterns, lots of 
black and white patterns. I love black and white patterns and neon colors. Um, I use a lot of sheer mesh and like kind of this like spandex athletic mesh material and holographic materials. And then more lately, I've been getting um, my own custom prints printed by Spoonflower, which is like a really amazing company. And they do like print on demand, like fabric yardage that's like super eco-friendly and awesome. Um, And so I've been getting a bunch of prints of my... um, my my father who's passed away uh paintings that he created in the 70s that my friend Lindsay Whittle turned into really cool repeat repeat prints so yeah Uh when I'm being a fancy business queer I like wearing a a suit that I made out of uh my dad's prints uh I'll wear like a very power clashing dazzle camo um snap down shirt so instead of buttons because buttons are not you know, very accessible. I use snaps and a lot of things. Um, it's got lace arms and little, uh, you know, elbow pads, cute, like sexy librarian style. Love it. And then like, yeah, spandex blazer and pants. Cause like a lot of, you know, more businessy looking clothing is not very comfortable. Um, yeah, can I I'm, can I delve deeper into what you just said about buttons? Because I I don't think yeah, that many people realize like how for certain people with disabilities it is really challenging with like everyday clothes. Can you talk a little bit more about like other things maybe that folks who are able bodied and able minded might not think about when putting on their clothing and what maybe is more challenging for people with disabilities? Yeah, mainly it's it's things with like zippers, buttons. Uh, just the the way that you like get in and out of clothing a lot of times is very inaccessible so um so I mean with spandex I just try to mostly eliminate these kinds of closures and just have clothing that you can slip on very easily um but then there's like other things um where it's necessary to have closures but uh might be kind of difficult so I usually use snaps um like for this awesome cl- um, collaboration that I did with uh, with Let Collective. Uh, we made this IV shirt and um, the, the founder of Let, Haley Small, um, is fed a lot of times through an IV um, and growing up having this IV uh you you know hooked up to her like many days in a row and so she couldn't change her her shirt at all and um if she did want to change her shirt she needed to like get unhooked from the IV but then it would immediately make her very dizzy so we made a shirt that like completely snaps off so you don't have to unhook from an IV um yeah actually a lot of clothing made for like strippers is like very accessible I feel like. oh I love it so they can just kind of like rip it off and be able yeah. to do their dance that's yeah. interesting I never really thought about the the parallel there but that is oh, really I love cool. it that's awesome <laughs> and also yeah things in commercials and tv and movies where they are on Broadway where they need to kind of like do a quick change I'm sure there are kind of similarities in like the ability to to get out of clothing without like the typical kind of thing we would think of of like taking yeah. off a shirt or you know getting your arms yeah. through the sleeves or whatever but totally. that's interesting 
Yeah. Have you ever seen like a TV show or movie scene or something on like in theater where you think where you kind of got an idea or inspiration for your for your clothing or where where does your inspiration mainly come from? I mean, definitely. I I get inspired by anything like (laughs) uh, I and like I I get a lot of dreams about uh, like solving problems. So Mm. I'll um, I mean, it's it's awesome, but also terrible having such vivid dreams. It's like, you know, it's awesome when I can problem solve or like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, man, I don't know how to like what order I need to sew this in or something. So I'll just like lay down and I'll dream about it and I, I can, you know, solve problems that way. But I also have like night, t- horrifying night terrors oh, that gosh. are like, and like PTSD. <laughs> so, wow. so it's like, okay. So not, it's not, so not, not all sunshine and rainbows in your dreams. It sounds like. No, it's usually, it's like 99% horrifying oh. and then 1% like coming up with like really awesome <laughs> things. So. Oh God. Well, at least I guess you have the 1% to lead, you know, to lead you on your on your journey but that is really shitty that's tough but wow you're yeah the way that you're thinking and the way that you solve problems is really really awesome to me because it is very different from from the way in which I think about things I also am not um I'm not good with my hands like I'm not Mm -hmm. someone who um finds that I'm able to like picture something and then like make that thing that's never been something that I've been good mm-hmm. at and so it's really uh awesome to me and fascinating to speak with people who that's like their their gift and their skill so yeah. I I find I I really admire you for that ability and that that skill and that um that passion also that comes with it yeah I, I and I don't even like sketch or anything I just imagine it and then I go straight to pattern making wow. and um and like some you know I'll write notes sometimes of like what I need to what I want to make or like the order that it needs to be sewn because some things it's like it really is like what is the order it needs to be sewn in mm-hmm. to um f- figure out a, how like how to get it together the main way I get inspiration is through these interviews that I do with my models and clients. So I ask them a series of questions and it's like, what would make clothing more accessible to your body? What would make clothing uh, more affirming to your gender? What uh, parts of your body do you want to highlight? What parts do you feel vulnerable about, but want to highlight in this context? And, er, and yeah, what parts do you feel vulnerable about? about and then what parts do you feel vulnerable about and want to highlight in this context so that that's like what I ask all of my models and and then sometimes they'll come up with really fun phrases like they'll be like oh I want to look like baby spice unicorn or like a space (laughs) mistress or you know oh my god spectacular something like that and then it'll help me really visualize something exciting that's Um, that's really cool so it's really like relationship building that you're doing as well like really like delving deep into what people want to look like and want to feel like in their bodies with their clothing or their accessories and then you make that one-on-one specific connection so it's really like intimate and detailed I would imagine yeah yeah (laughs) that's really cool that's awesome I want to know how many years have you been doing this and 
how do you imagine that this part of your career is kind of going to launch you into your, your next part of your career? And on that note, like, what do you want that next part to be looking like? Do you have plans to kind of expand or, you know, branch out into new spaces? Or what does that really look like for you? I would say, I mean, I've been doing this clothing, this clothing line started in like the summer 2014. And and then I put it on on Etsy in November of 2014. I, um, I've been making clothing and, and stuff like that since I was 13 years old. Um, I got really into it in high school. And um, I mean, I guess last year, my clothing line did pivot to include lots of different kinds of accessible face masks especially the masks with the clear windows and um but also combining it with accessible attachment styles like snaps and velcro and magnets and things like that um so i guess i will continue definitely to make masks because that's uh what's going on Mm -hmm. i'm in the process right now of switching over my shop from Etsy to my own shop on rebirthgarments.com. So that's really exciting. And that'll be great because I hate dealing with Etsy. They're like super, you know, I mean, they're just going the same way as Instagram and Facebook and all the things with like shadow, like they shadow ban people. Oh, really? From your garments? Oh, definitely. I've had lots of, garments shadow banned that's super uh, fucked up even even though they say you can have you know nipples or things like that um they don't actually mean it like yeah my, i mean my friend nat um from nat glitter kink had gotten shadow banned so much that uh, she had to start her own you know shop a while Oof. ago um i've had yeah many listings shadow banned and uh and my friend emma alamo who makes uh leather harnesses also has been shadow banned so she's also working on um yeah they're they're switching over too so yeah it's just a nightmare on etsy world but my friend vive from the awesome clothing line volpinic vestments is is helping me do the switch because i'm not a tech person yeah no it's good to um have a, a team behind you helping when, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause your, your main role is to like make the thing and to build relationships with people. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should be a tech wizard able to figure out how to post everything on your website and everything. So that's good that you're, you're getting I mean, so far I do like, I, I mean, I usually do everything like I, wow. I, um, yeah, I mean the last year probably I've hardly sewn actually because I am mostly doing all the administrative stuff but I'm actually hiring my cousin Josh Kubakub as my like kind of business manager type person that's fun we'll be we'll be doing some of that stuff Uh, I mean I'll still run my social media because I'm very picky (laughs) for sure but uh yeah doing more of the web stuff and, and getting gigs with universities and and stuff like that. Love it. And what do those gigs with universities entail? So I, I lecture quite a bit. Um, I, I mean, I would say this last year, it's like mainly, I've been mainly lecturing and, um, and with the Chicago Public Library, I have been doing this program called Radical Fit, um, which is based off of my manifesto and just getting to like curate a whole bunch of really cool people who are um 
yeah, different kinds of fashion designers or, or fiber artists and, and folks who work in like the fashion realm and making videos uh, that that teens in it was originally made for teens, but since it's on YouTube, it can just be anybody. But if you go to U Media Chicago and search for the Radical Fit playlist, then you can see a bunch of really fun tutorials and stuff. Love it. Very, very cool. And I guess my last question I have, if you could think like 10 years into the future as to what some like big long-term goals are for you and Rebirth Garments, what would it, what would that look like? I mean, I would love it if I just got a whole bunch of rich people to give me money and that none of my clients ever had to pay for anything. Like oh, it could just be, be fully fully subsidized by you know donations and and rich folks and grants or something like and yeah then I could just everything could be free for clients (laughs) wow that is an amazing goal I love that so much yeah I don't know (laughs) I mean I've wanted that since the beginning and I've seen other places kind of figure out how to do that but and I mean I've been able to you know provide free and subsidized clothing and, you know, thousands of masks, um, and giving, I mean, my, uh, employees, Kaylee and Eve, who are my like South side, uh, side of rebirth, uh, have been focusing a lot on making free masks for houseless folks and, and doing drops around, around the city. Um, or just like, yeah, giving them, handing them out and things like that. Um, and now I think they're uh, putting a lot of them in the love fridge because that's like a more shelter, you know, it's a little more protected <laughs> instead of just like, yeah, right now it's super snowy. So yeah, I fucking bet. Putting it outside. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, you're amazing. Thank you so, so much for being on. It was an absolute pleasure to learn more about you and your business and uh, a little bit more about this movement. And thank you so, so much for taking the time. Thank you. How many different ways do you think I can say the word lube in 30 seconds? Let's give it a shot. Lube. Lube. Lubey, lubey, lubey. Lube. Lube. L. To the U, to the B, to the E. Lube. Well, that was lubes. I mean, loads of fun. This phenomenal and very necessary lube break was brought to you by Uber Lube. Use promo code SEXEDDB for 10% off your purchase with free shipping at www.uberlube.com. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Clona Willy. Clona Willy has been all about dick since 96, and all kits are hand-assembled in Portland, Oregon. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase of any Clona Willy or Clona Pussy kit at www.clonawilly.com. Follow them on IG at Clona Willy Kit. Our creator, co-producer, sound engineer, and host is me, Danielle Bezalow, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Katherine Cohen. Our main logo and banner graphic were created by Andrea Forgotch. Our social media intern is Leslie Lopez. 
Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. If you're interested in advertising with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast. Tune in next time.